Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, we are going to be looking at some NBA news. We're going to be starting off the podcast with a final official NBA uh, standings all the way top to bottom, east to west, and we will look at that. Um, this is as the rosters sit today, uh, no trades, no injuries. Everything is as it is currently, and uh, those will be how I do my predictions. So, um, we will start with that, then get to some NBA news. So, uh, what I've noticed is in the Eastern Conference, there are a few teams at the top, a few teams at the bottom. There are a lot of teams in the middle. And in the Western Conference, there is a lot of teams at the top, a lot of teams at the bottom, and no real middle of the Western Conference. Um, and, you know, there are so many great teams in the playoffs or potential playoff teams uh, in each division. And um, so I wanted to give my official, you know, East and West standings going from number one to number 15 in each uh, the East and West. So um, these are my official um, verdicts. Um, these are as the teams sit today. Obviously, big injuries will affect that if they come up. And um, once Clay Thompson gets back, you know, that could have a big effect as well. Um, I guess we'll start with the Eastern Conference, and we're going to go from bottom all the way to the top on both sides. So 15, uh, we'll start with them, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks are just a dumpster fire, uh, and they basically didn't do much in terms of upgrading. They got the third pick in the draft, which was not what they were hoping for. They planned on getting Durant and Kyrie Irving. That didn't work out. They didn't get any major free agents. 90% of the free agents they got were basically role players and scrubs. Julius Randle was their only decent pickup. And, you know, all the guys they signed, the Taj Gibsons and the Reggie Bullocks and the Wayne Ellingtons are great, but they're more role players on a role-playing roster than actual minute, you know, producers. And so I think you're going to see another uh, year of tanking for um, this team, the Knicks, and I wouldn't be surprised how far down they actually go. Number 14 is the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are in a full rebuild crisis mode because their best player decided he was going to go to Boston. You didn't pay him the max contract. The Celtics paid Kemba the max contract. And so you decided that your best option was uh, Terry Rozier, who was the Boston Celtics backup point guard, who had one playoffs where he was uh, better than average, and he got paid big money. So that was a big mistake. Your roster is basically made up of big mistakes. Malik Monk was the 11th pick when you got him. He didn't really turn out to be anything special. Miles Bridges was also around that 11-12 range. Uh, we'll see how he goes. Most of the Charlotte Hornets draft picks over the last couple of years have been in that 10 to 15 range and they just haven't been able to produce talent at levels that they should be. Charlotte has taken a major step backwards and they're just going to end up uh, as the 14 seed, the bottom of the barrel in terms of the Eastern Conference. Big step backs. Uh, there we go. Number 13, Cleveland Cavaliers. Now I think you have Colin Sexton, you have Darius Garland. Um, I don't really know why they picked Garland, because I feel like 
you know, he plays the same position as Sexton, you could have gotten Hunter or you could have gotten, you know, Culver or you could have gotten someone else you chose not to. And so I think the Cavs still have a long way to go. I think you have to get rid of Kevin Love first. And then next season, you'll have a lot of open cap space with uh, contracts coming off the books. And then you'll be able to sort of start from scratch in that sense, get another top five draft pick, top 10 draft pick, and kind of move your way forward in that sense. And they aren't going to compete for the playoffs. And I think, you know, at this point, if you're the Cavaliers, you got to just make sure you get as many assets as you can. Trade Kevin Love for expiring contracts and uh, future picks and just move on because, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers of the championship era, you know, the Golden State era, uh, they're done. And so it's time to move on. And so they're uh, number 13. Number 12 in my book is uh, the Washington Wizards. And I think the Wizards are going to take major steps backwards with John Wall's injury. Um, as a big cause of that. Uh, Bradley Beal is still a nice player, but it's going to get to a point where he's going to say, I just can't take this. He's been playing on this team for so many years, and they just aren't a playoff team anymore. And so Washington has this false sense of hope that it's going to work itself out, and that is one of the reasons why I think they haven't offered to move him, because there are teams out there that are interested in Bradley Beal. I know the Celtics would be. I know, you know, there are so many other teams out there who could have the assets um, to get a guy like Bradley Beal. Um, and uh, if the Wizards entertained offers, they'd get them. But I think they're just holding on to this false hope of it rec reconciling itself. And so I think um, the best situation for them right now is uh, to be a 12 seed. And I think after this season, they're going to really take a second look at their situation and say, yeah, we should probably get rid of him because he's not really working out that well. So um, 12 seed, the Washington Wizards. The 11 seed is the Chicago Bulls. So the Chicago Bulls have a lot of young players and a lot of talent on their roster. Um, Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter, Laurie Marketing. Now they have Kobe White. So I think um, they're trending upwards. They're going to be an 11 seed. Kobe White's going to be a good point guard for them. I think, you know, they have a lot of point guards. They're going to have to get rid of someone. And so I think Chris Dunn is uh, the odd man out. And so if they get rid of Chris Dunn, add themselves another small forward, power forward wing, uh, I think you'll be in good shape. Um, I think they'll be an 11 seed because they have um, all those pieces and they're trending upwards. Um, my 10 seed, they're also trending upwards, Atlanta. Atlanta... Looks like their starting lineup is going to be John Collins, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, and Trey Young. All young players, all drafted. Within the last couple of years, uh, John Collins was drafted in 2017. Kevin Herter, I believe, was drafted last year. And um, then some of their other draft picks, Trey Young was drafted last year. Um, and then you have two draft picks this year. So they do have a lot of great players on the bench, a lot of great players in their starting lineup. They're trending upwards. I think they're going to have, you know, a better season. And I think they're going to be very, very good um, because of it. So Atlanta is a 10 seed, 9 seed. 9, 8, and 7 are kind of um, up in the air at this point. It's kind of a, a coin toss in my book. 
I put Orlando as my nine seed, and the reason I did that is they don't really have a great point guard, and they don't really have, you know, a ton of help at the shooting guard small forward. Um, they have Evan Fournier, and they do have Terrence Ross, but I think they could have upgraded this offseason in terms of the point guard position. I think spending your money on someone like D'Angelo Russell would have made more sense than uh, spending your money on someone like Vucevic. Granted, he was an all-star, but you needed a point guard more so than you needed a center. And you have so many centers already and power forwards, you don't really need uh, that many. So I think they have a lot of issues. Um, I think they're a nine seed. I have my eight seed, the Miami Heat. And I think Miami is a good pick here because of Jimmy Butler. Now, if you look at the rest of their roster, it's got a lot of holes, but I think Jimmy Butler is good enough to get them at least into the playoffs. I don't know how far they'll go, uh, but he's good enough to get them at least to an eight seed. And so I think, you know, Drogic and Butler and Bam Adebayo is going to have a bigger role. You have Justice Winslow. I think, you know, they have all of these pieces that theoretically could work, but there's a lot of holes. They're an eight seed. They're going to lose in the first round. Detroit Pistons are my seven seed. I think Detroit has a great uh, Andre Drummond-Blake Griffin connection with adding Derrick Rose. If he's healthy, can be the point guard that they're looking for. He's not going to be Derrick Rose MVP, but if he's Derrick Rose like last year and he's healthy, I don't see a problem. Yeah, they have uh, a lot of needs, especially at the small forward and the power forward, but I guess at the moment... It's good enough to be a 7 seed in my book because they have a lot less holes than the, the Miami Heat and Orlando. And so, um, again, they're going to lose first round, but Pistons, they'll be a 7 seed. My 6 seed, Toronto Raptors. So Toronto actually has a great roster, minus the fact that they lost Kawhi Leonard. You still have Marcus Gasol, you still have Serge Ibaka, you still have Pascal Siakam, you still have Kyle Lowry. The pieces that you lost, Danny Green and um, Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, are going to hurt. But you were a top three seed in the East last year. You're going to be a six seed because I think Siakam's going to be even better. He's going to get a more expanded role. And I think um, Ananobi's coming back healthy. You have Stanley Johnson, who will be back healthy. Rondell's Hollis Jefferson. So I think you have a lot of pieces here. Obviously, they didn't. They don't equate to what Kawhi Leonard will bring you. But they're good enough to be a sixth seed because they have so many pieces as it is. And especially because the Eastern Conference is as uh, uncontestable as it is. Uh, there's so much room. They'll be a sixth seed, no problem. Now we're on to our Eastern Conference top five. Number five, Indiana Pacers. So Indiana is actually going to be a five seed. They have um, a very good starting lineup. With Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo, and they have uh, Jeremy Lamb, and they have T.J. Warren, and they have Miles Turner with Sabonis on the bench, and they're going to be very good. They had a lot of great players last year, but they upgraded pretty much everywhere you can go, uh, and I think it's going to really help their roster. Um, yes, losing Bogdanovich is going to hurt, but... You know, Brogdon's an upgrade over Darren Carlson. T.J. Warren is an upgrade um, over Thaddeus Young. 
Jeremy Lamb is an upgrade over Tyreek Evans. So I think they're going to be a five seed. They could creep up to a four, but five seeds where Indiana is going to be. Uh, Brooklyn is a four seed. Now, Brooklyn has Kyrie. They have both Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. They have um, Karius Levert, who they just signed to an extension. They have Joe Harris. They have Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, they have a lot of great pieces. Durant is injured. If he was healthy, he'd, they'd be a number one seed easy. But no Durant. They are a four seed. I think um, they're going to be a good team on paper. I think they're going to lose to Indiana in the first round of playoffs. But I think Brooklyn with Kyrie is going to be a good team. Kyrie has a motivation to play now. Um, I know uh, he didn't really work out in Boston, but I think now that he's playing at home, hopefully that gives him some sort of incentive to try and play his best basketball. And so I think for me, that's where I see Brooklyn sitting as a four seed. Now, my three seed, the Boston Celtics. Now, I think Boston is going to have a better year than they did last year because of the fact that Kyrie Irving is no longer there. And I think Kyrie Irving caused a lot of issues in their locker room that wouldn't have been there um, if he was um, not in the picture. And I also think Terry Rozier causes problems as well. I think if you get someone like Carson Edwards, who seems like he's a better fit in terms of a backup point guard and more importantly not a head case that Rozier was, and then you get Kemba Walker, who's more of a team player, who's kind of hungry for that championship, kind of hungry for that playoff experience that Kyrie Irving already had. I think it's a good fit having um, that situation um, with um, Kemba Walker now as your starting point guard. I think Jalen Brown's going to take a step forward. I think uh, Tatum's going to take a step forward. I think Gordon Hayward's going to take a step forward. And I think because you also lost Al Horford, those players are going to have to take bigger roles, smart will take a bigger role because now you have to step up and you don't have to, you don't have a, you know, a guy like Al Horford to rely on. Um, so I think, you know, it's going to make the Celtics players, you know, motivated. I think Brad Stevens will use this to his advantage because he is one of the best coaches in the NBA. And so I think Boston's a three seed. Now, looking at number two seed Philadelphia, they have all of the pieces to be a championship caliber team. And um, I think that Philadelphia is going to have a great regular season. And I think they're actually going to lose to Boston. That's something I think, in the playoffs at least, when they get to that point. Um, but Philadelphia is going to be a two seed. They're going to be like very dangerously good with um, all of their starting players. I think they're going to lose a little bit of offense, three-point shooting, and they're going to gain defense, which is with Joel Embiid now Horford down low, it's pretty good. I think Al Horford's better as a four than a five. But when you looked at where Boston was, they couldn't use him as a four. So Philadelphia is my two seed. They're very good. And then number one, Milwaukee. Milwaukee has Giannis. He's the best player in the Eastern Conference and one of the best players in basketball. He was an MVP. You re-signed Chris Middleton. I think Brogdon's a big loss, but adding Kyle Korver and Wesley Matthews, who are both great three-point shooters, is going to make up for that. And so now you have guys who are catch-and-shoot. You know, you have a 3-and-D wing in Wesley Matthews and a catch-and-shoot option in uh, Kyle Korver. So I think they're actually going to be slightly a little bit better in that sense. Um, 
And then you have Brooke Lopez, who resigned, and Robin Lopez as your backup center. So that's going to be cool. Um, so I think Milwaukee has all the pieces. They're going to be a number one seed in the force of the Eastern Conference. All right, Western Conference. Let's go to the other side. So my 15, my bottom, my worst team, the Grizzlies. Now, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies have no incentive to play good basketball because their draft pick is hinged on being a top six, um, being a bottom six team. So if their seeding in the draft is one, two, three, four, five, six, they keep the pick. If not, it goes to Boston. So I think the Grizzlies are going to not tank, but they're not going to play great basketball. So I think the Grizzlies are going to um, be the worst team in the Western Conference. Uh, they did do some moves that get rid of cap space long term, and so I think that's a big help for them. And so I think uh, what they do with Iguodala is another story. They'll have to, I guess, work with that. But otherwise, uh, they got a lot of young pieces, and they're looking pretty good. I think Morant, Morant's going to be a very good rookie. Number My 14th seed is the Kings, who last season actually made a playoff run. But I think the Kings are going to drop back down to where they should be which is near the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, teams in the NBA. Um, I think last year was an analgum, and it was a freak situation that shouldn't have happened. Um, so the Kings at number 14, they're not that good. My 13th seed is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who lost pretty much their best two players by trade. And so you have Julius Alexander, you have Danilio Gallinari. I think Gallinari is... Um, going to get traded at some point to a playoff team. You're going to be rebuilding. You have so many draft picks um, in the future. I think this is the time to rebuild. I think it's time to start over and, you know, try to shed cap space as much as you can and start from scratch. Um, and so the end of an era for Oklahoma City. My 12 seed is the Phoenix Suns, who actually have a pretty good starting core. With uh, DeAndre Ayton thrown in, Kelly Oubre thrown in, Devin Booker. I think Ricky Rubio's a good pickup for them as a starting point guard. And I think, you know, their roster is um, looking pretty good. Yeah, Josh Jackson uh, is gone, but I think uh, they look pretty good. Bridges could be a good, you know, 3 and D uh, wing. And so I think um, Phoenix is going to take a step up a little bit. Then we have Minnesota, um, Carl Anthony Towns, Jared Culver, uh, Robert Covington. Um, I think they still have a lot of holes, but I think they are going to be a good team. And I think that's um, a good spot to put them at, number 11. I think Culver is going to be one of the best uh, rookies in this year's draft, and I think he fits where um, you know Minnesota is trying to go. So uh, he is uh, their best choice. So Minnesota is in 11th seed. Then we have the Dallas Mavericks, who I think are a 10th seed. And I think Dallas is going to have uh, Porzingis and Doncic 1-2. Uh, uh, it's going to be a year where they kind of figure out how this is going to work. I think you know Rick Carlisle is going to use this year to sort of figure out how these two players are going to play together. Because, essentially, those are the two future superstars that, theoretically, you want to play for your team for a long time. 
So they're going to try and get this right. They're going to be a 10 seed. And um, I think in the future they'll be set up for greatness. Number nine, uh, this is a tough one, but i got to go San Antonio Spurs. Um, I think the Spurs will um, have their issues. I think you know, not having a clear-cut number one is a problem. Their point guard situation is okay. It's not great. I think Derek White's a good point guard, and DeJounte Murray is a good point guard, but uh, they're not superstars. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of holes in this roster. I think Jakob Portal is not a great center. And so I think the reason they're a nine seed is because of Greg Popovich, and he always finds a way to get things done. But I think it's going to be a day late and a dollar short, and we're going to see the Spurs as a nine seed. Getting to the playoffs, my eight seed is the Pelicans. So, the Pelicans are actually going to take a step forward, um, even though it looks like they're taking a step back. Getting rid of Anthony Davis might have been the best thing they could have done for their roster because of all the assets they acquired and all of the players they have. They have Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, uh, Alexander Walker, all from the draft. Um, they have a few other pieces, such as J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, who are going to be very valuable uh, veterans on this roster. Nicola Melli is going to be a good addition as a shooting uh, power forward. And then you have Drew Holiday with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, if he's healthy, and Josh Hart. And so I think um, the Pelicans are actually going to be better this year than last year. They'll be my eighth seed, I think. Um, they'll upgrade significantly, and it's going to work out for them. So I think the Pelicans are going to be last year's Clippers. They're going to be that sort of grit, grind, maybe win a game or two in the playoffs, but they're going to lose in the first round. My seventh seed is the Los Angeles Lakers. So LeBron James and Anthony Davis can only get you so far, and I think that's going to be a seventh seed. I think the Lakers have a ton of issues. I think the Lakers have so many things that are wrong with their roster that uh, at some point, they're going to have to re rectify. Um, I think, you know, the Lakers don't have a great, you know, big man. I don't think they have a great sort of uh, point guard. Um, if LeBron James plays point guard, then you're going to need someone to fill in at small forward. Um, I think there's a lot of issues top to bottom. I think they don't have the greatest head coaching staff. So I think this is going to be another year of LeBron James kind of feeling it out. I think they'll make the playoffs, but... I don't think they'll really make it too far in the playoffs. Uh, and so they are my seventh seed. Number six, the Portland Trailblazers. I think Portland's a great team, and I think they don't get a lot of credit for how good they actually are. Damian Lillard is a great point guard. He might be the second best point guard behind Steph Curry. He is a shooting, scoring, slashing point guard. And you have C.J. McCollum, who is a very good number two you have uh, Nurkic when healthy. You have a young Zach Collins. You have a lot of great wings. Rodney Hood, Herzegona. Um, you have uh, Kent Bazemore now. You have Hassan Whiteside off the bench. Your roster looks pretty solid. Um, I just think that there are five rosters that are better than yours. And that's why I'm putting you at um, number six. I could see um, easily Portland being the surprise of the playoffs, because they're that good. Top five. Houston, number five. I think Russell Westbrook is better than uh, Chris Paul, but the question now is, who's going to have the ball in their hands? The top two guys with the ball in their hands last season, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think Harden um, 
it's going to play the shooting guard, and I think you're going to have Westbrook at the point guard. But you're going to see a lot of um, ball handling between both of them, kind of switching hands, switching off. I think Houston is a good team. I think they still have the core of their roster together. And I think Eric Gordon's a good player. P.J. Tucker's a good role player. You have Clint Capella, and all of that is very, very good. I think they're a five seed. I think this might be the last season, or next year might be the last season, that they're actually competitive, and then they might start going downhill. But I think they'll be a five seed, and yeah, it'll be good. My number four seed is the Utah Jazz. I think adding Bogdanovich to your roster, adding Mike Conley to your roster, gives you some starting minutes that are going to be very important. I think having a defining point guard on your roster is going to help with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and then you have Bogdanovich at small forward. And then you have Rudy Gobert as your center, your all-star center. And so I think Utah is going to have a better season than they did last year. I think Quinn Schneider is a great head coach. I think top to bottom, Utah is one of those teams that doesn't really get a lot of media attention, but is going to surprise people and how good they're going to be. Uh, and so I think Utah is going to be my four seed, and they're well-deserving of it. My number three seed is Golden State, and I think they took a step back. Golden State has D'Angelo Russell on their roster, and they don't have Kevin Durant, which is a big loss because I think uh, D'Angelo Russell is more of a point guard than a shooting guard, although he'll play shooting guard for Golden State. I think um, potentially down the line he could be moved when Klay Thompson comes back. I, I've always thought that Orlando makes sense. Uh, with Vucevic, or a team like um, Minnesota with Robert Covington. Um, I think um, D'Angelo Russell doesn't fit as well with um, Golden State, and I think this is going to be a down year for them, and I think, you know, if they really want to succeed, they got to, you know, try to find ways to make their roster better because they're capped out of the moon. They have no cap space to make any sort of moves sign any sort of players, and so, yeah, I think Golden State's a three seed, but this could be the start of their downfall. My number two seed is the Denver Nuggets, and I think the Denver Nuggets are going to have a very, very good season in terms of wins and losses, but I think in the playoffs, they won't be as hot. I think um, I can see Golden State, and I think I will see Golden State beating Denver um, in the second round or the, you know, whenever they play each other as the two and three seeds. And so, um, to be honest with you, Denver has so many pieces, it's insane. And I think Jokic is their best player, but besides him, they have a lot of great role players. They have a lot of great players on their roster. They don't really have superstars. Like, I think Portland has more superstars. Lakers have more superstars. Houston has more superstars. But I think Denver, as a team, is better than all of those. And I think Denver is going to just kill it in terms of wins and losses. Um, they're going to be a very good team. They're going to be my number two. And then my number one seed is the Clippers. The Clippers probably have the best basketball team in all of the NBA, looking at every single aspect of their roster. Their starting five, their bench, role players, their six-man Lou Williams is better than most six-men in the NBA. They have a great, great head coach. They have a great general manager. Great assistant coaches. They added Ty Lu, which is really going to help. They have Michael Winger. They have uh, Lawrence Frank. They have um, Jerry West. They have Steve Ballmer, who might be the best owner in all of basketball, the most hype owner in all of basketball. 
And so top to bottom, all around, they are a team built for success. And if you look at where the Clippers were, they had Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin. All of those guys are gone, and what they have in return is a lot of successful players. Um, when they traded Chris Paul, they got back um, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, and a bunch of draft picks and other pieces. Um, and they're looking very, very good. I think, you know, Tobias Harris trading him to get draft picks, which ended up being used to get Paul George. It's a good situation, and you got Landry Shamet out of this, and he's a very good shooting guard, most likely your starting shooting guard. It's a good situation, and to be honest with you, I like it, and I think um, the Clippers are real deal basketball. Very good basketball, one of the best teams, uh, and I'm happy to say that because it's true. They are odds-on favorites, and... To be honest with you, um, they're just going to kill it, um, and it's just going to be a great situation for them. So, let's move on to some NBA news. Um, we're going to start out with the uh, Lakers uh, and DeMarcus Cousins. So, DeMarcus Cousins get in, gets injured, Dwight Howard takes over, and he now has an arrest warrant uh, for misdemeanor domestic uh, violence charges in Alabama and I guess there was some issues with a former girlfriend she wants a restraining order um, the Lakers uh, are investigating the situation and um, right now there is nothing going on involving that on their end everyone is trying to figure the situation out um, and they will eventually have to see how it turns out but if something occurs where the Lakers would have to get rid of DeMarcus Cousins, that's just an end to a player who just has had so many injuries and was expected to be such a great asset, and it just isn't working. Because when you look at what happened in Sacramento, he was one of the best centers in basketball. He got in a lot of fights. He got traded to the Pelicans. He then left and is in Golden State. And now with the Lakers, it's just not looking so hot. And so I guess we'll have to see what happens and what comes from that. But at the moment, Cousins is in some deep shit and is in hot water. Moving on to the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors have promoted Mike Dunlev Jr. to assistant general manager and added Zaza Petrulia as a team consultant. And so Dunlevy played for... Um, the Warriors from 2002 to 2007 and played 15 seasons in the NBA. I know uh, he played for Indiana. That's where I remember him from. Um, and so he is a good um, addition to his team because of the experience, because um, his dad coaches and um, he wants to be in the coaching world as well. Um, so good for him. And then we have Pachulia, who was a Warrior in 2017-2018, he won um, titles with them, and um, he's known for his leadership, and um, he is uh, a player uh, development role. He'll work with players. He'll work with um, different um, business avenues with the team, um, and so that's a pretty good situation there. And then we also saw Golden State make some promotions to um, some other uh, 
important people. Um, they announced promotions for Kurt Lacob and Kent Lacob, who are the sons of the team owner Joe Lacob. And so Kurt, Kirk is uh, assistant general manager to executive uh, vice president of basketball operations. He's moving up to that position. And then Kent Lacob, who was a general manager of the Santa Cruz Warriors last season, was named director of team development. So um, pretty good situation there. Um, the Warriors making some additions and helping out their, uh, their bench in their coaching um, positions. Next, we have the Pelicans' Darius uh, Miller, who will be missing seven to eight months suffering a ruptured right Achilles tendon. So um, he is going into surgery, and he will be out for the majority of the season. He averaged 8.2 points in 69 games for the Pelicans last year, and most likely, um, who knows if he'll play at all. Um, right now, he is not a big part of their team, so it's not a big loss, but you know it could still hurt um, going forward. So I guess uh, we'll see how that ends up. Next, Wilson Chandler. Uh, he got suspended 25 games for PEDs. Impamorlene is the drug that he was um, found with. And he violated the terms of the NBA NBPA anti-drug program. So um, he basically um, didn't know this was a banned substance. Neither did his doctor. And so he is... Um, accepting his um, responsibility for this and apologizing to his team. And um, he averaged six points, four rebounds, by playing 51 games for the Philadelphia 76ers and Clippers last season. So um, he is um, sitting out those 25 games, and uh, I guess uh, we will see how it goes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes for him. Uh, he had a, He's had a decent career as a role player. Uh, he started out with the Knicks and then Denver and then has moved around since. So, yeah, uh, we will uh, look into that. Again, I don't think that's going to be a big loss just because of the way that um, Brooklyn Nets are set up. But with no Kevin Durant, he was going to play a lot of small forward, power forward minutes that Durant would have gotten. So we'll see how it works. Um Moving on to the Lakers uh, again, uh, there was apparently some sort of comments that came out uh, where um, Bryant thought uh, he could have won 12 titles if the dominant big man had Bryant's legendary work ethic, meaning he, I guess, was saying or someone was saying that Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal could have been a lot better if Shaquille O'Neal tried more and played better, but... Um, I guess there's no beef. Uh, this is just a stupid story. Um, Kobe Bryant tweeted Wednesday, There is no beef with Shaq. I know most media wants to see it, but it's not going to happen. We got ain't nothing but love there, and we too old to beef anyways. 3P. So they ended up uh, winning three championships, um, and um, I guess uh, he was at some sort of convention in Las Vegas, and... I guess Bryant said that he could have had 12 rings and that O'Neal would have been the greatest had he spent a little more time in the gym. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't really think um, there is an issue here. I think, 
you know, sometimes people will say stuff and um, it just happens. Um, and I think there's no bad blood. I think um, the Lakers were very good as they were. And I think their departure kind of um, organically had to happen the way it did. So no issues there. And um, I'm sure they're both happy that they have three championships playing together, which is good. And then the final bit of information that I want to talk about here is with the Big Three and Joe Johnson. So, former NBA All-Star and reigning Big Three MVP Joe Johnson is preparing to work out for the 76ers. Um, he is also receiving interest from LA Clippers, Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets, and the New Orleans Pelicans. And so, um, he's in the Big Three right now. He left the NBA... Um, couple of years ago and is in um is in uh the big three now ice cubes basketball league for retired basketball players and so i guess he's playing good enough where people would really want him back in the nba he was a seven-time nba all-star who averaged 16 points four rebounds four assists per game from 2001 to 2018 and he played for seven teams um and he most recently played for the 2017-2018 season with Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. So he was most known as um, a player who was with Atlanta. That is where he had his most playoff success, his all-star appearances. So um, Joe Johnson is, you know, reliving something here in the Big Three. And uh, maybe he'll get signed to another team, maybe not. It's something I don't know the answer to, but... At the moment, he's playing good enough where teams are actually considering it. So, Joe Johnson, we'll see what happens, but pretty good uh, playing career and a pretty good big three. So, that's that's going to do it, guys, for this week's episode of the podcast. Tune into next week's episode where we talk about more basketball news and NBA topics.